Hello and welcome. My name is Pastor Shane Britt, and it is such an honor to have you join our podcast today. I pray that you will find something uplifting and encouraging in the word you are about to hear. Also, please feel free to connect with us via Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. I'm so excited about what you're about to hear. Let's dive right into the Word of God. One fine summer day in 1606, in a grove of towering sequoias, in a place that would come to be known as California, a tiny seedling poked up through the virgin soil, draining energy from the filtered sunlight of the towering centennials. The infant lifted its miniature arms to the light and warmth that had awakened it. A year later, as the seedling turned sapling, the London Company established the Jamestown Settlement in Virginia. A year after that, as the sapling became a young sequoia, Quebec City was founded in a place called New France, a territory that one would one day be called Canada. After three more years, when the sequoia's top was 11 feet above the forest floor, a group of scholars released an elegant English translation of the Bible that would be known as the King James Version. In 1618, when the tree was nearly two stories high, Europe became embroiled in a conflict that history books would one day call the Thirty Years' War. As the tree continued to grow, America became a nation, fought a civil war, joined Europe in fighting two world wars. Two world wars. Put men on the moon and suffered at the hand of terrorists on September the 11th, 2001. Through all of those events spanning centuries, The seedling became a towering titan of the forest, soaring over 240 feet into the California sunshine. And then that tree fell. It fell to the earth in a thunderous crash. It was the first of Yosemite's magnificent sequoias to fall in many years. And the Forest Service authorized an investigation. What mysterious force had slain this giant? What would cause such a majestic tree to fall like this? It had endured so much. Why did it fall now? There had been no windstorms. There had been no fires. There had been no floods. There had been no lightning strikes. The toppled tree showed no evidence of animal or insect damage. As park rangers and forestry experts examined the fallen giant of a tree, they came to the startling conclusion. It fell because of foot traffic. In an interview with CNN, Ranger Deb Swerzer explained that, everybody say foot traffic, Foot traffic around the base of the tree over the years had damaged the root system and contributed to its collapse. She added that park officials had now instituted a policy of 
fencing. Somebody say fencing. Some of the oldest, largest, and most historical significant trees. And I quote, to keep the public from trampling the root systems of these giants. It's amazing how these faithful and loyal trees that have lived for hundreds of years can't survive when there is no protection to keep people off of their root systems. As I stand before you on this first Family Wednesday, I've come to declare what's true for the Sequoias is also true for you, for me, for your family, and for this church, and for your children. We have a delicate root system. It's actually more fragile than one could ever imagine unless we find a way to protect and nourish our roots. We too will fall. As I read my text, and let me go back and read my text because I jumped right into to the Word. The Bible says in 1 Peter 5 and 8, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh, somebody say walketh, about seeking whom he may devour. The devil is as a roaring lion, walking. Just walking. Just walking. Walking. And he's walking over every root that has kept this church pure, holy, righteous, powerful. And quite frankly, this foot traffic has increased drastically over the last several years. I've often preached, we've often sung in Sunday school that the devil is a sly old fox. If I could catch him, I'd put him in a box. I'd lock the door and throw away the key for all the dirty tricks he's played on me. You see, we have a pretty sly old adversary. He knows how to camouflage. He knows how to conceal. He knows how to hide. He even knows how to lie. He works behind the scenes. His snare blends in with the landscape so that we don't even realize it's a snare until it's too late. That's how he used to work against us. That's how he's working on some of you right now. He knew that he has time or he thinks he's got time and or he's lying in wait. He is in no hurry or he was in no hurry. But if this didn't get you, something else will later. Trust me. And eventually, we get entangled with things and things that seem so innocent and appropriate and harmless until at some point we realized that this was a trap all along. Can anybody give a witness to what I'm preaching right now? But when I read Revelation chapter 12, I believe we're in the fulfillment of what this scripture says in Revelation 12. Therefore rejoice ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea. For the devil has come down unto you having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. When the dragon saw that he was cast unto the earth, he persecuted the woman which brought forth the child, and the woman were given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness, into her place where she is nourished 
for a time and a times and a half time from the face of the servant of the serpent and the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed which kept the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ when the devil consents that his time is up you better understand tonight and better believe it now. He increases, he intensifies, he influences uh, and embellishes more than ever. He knows he ain't got but a short time. So he has to get to work and he'll pull out all the stops so that he can ensnare and trap us. I read a news article last night and I'm going to hit home and I'm going to plow a little bit tonight and help us on first, on first Wednesday. I read an article last night and I was, just, I was just blown away. It happened in North Carolina. It was a parade. It wasn't just any parade. It was a LGBTQ parade. And during that parade, they allowed small children to dance provocatively on a float in front of folks. I will not discuss all that they allowed or made these children do because I'm embarrassed to even say it. But those that were in attendance, and I'm not talking about just a few folks that showed up. I'm talking about hundreds that lined the roads for this parade. And they thought that this was cute and funny. But the stark reality is this. It's perversion and it's child abuse. Well, that got about five or six, and that's what's wrong with the world today. We become numb, and we laugh at it, and we think it's funny, and what's more dangerous is we're entertained by this junk. We can sit in front of a television and a computer, and we be enamored, uh, and, and, and we... we it's gross to even think, but we can even be entertained by this. God help our soul. We better wake up and understand that we've got some roots that we've got to protect. We've got a root system that the enemy's just walking on. He's trampling on, trying his best to desensitize us as the church. Let me just say it like this. If the church gets desensitized, what hope does the world have? If the church winks at it and the church is in it, what in the world hope does the world have? You see, this just didn't start happening a few weeks before this event. This same type of hellish activity happened in Pennsylvania. That's what our kids are up against. Take your blinders off, parents. Get your head out of the sand, guys. It's straight talk tonight. The devil walketh about as a roaring lion. It's constantly going after our kids. It's going after our marriages. It's going after our grandkids. He represents every kid in this church, every kid in Sunday school, every kid in classrooms. The devil would love to destroy their roots. But I thank God for this sanctuary. I thank God for Sunday school. I thank God for Sunday school teachers. I thank God for Sister Paul and her team. I thank God for Brother and Sister White and their team. I thank God for Brother Zach and Sister Madison and their team. I thank God for Brother Stephen and Sister Kara and their team. 
We're far from perfect. But I thank God that we've got people in place doing to the best of our ability, uh, putting a structure in place uh, that will protect our roots. We've got to fence the world away from our roots. This is why doctrine's important. This is why Bible quizzing is important. Getting that going this year. This is why every family ought to get a Bible study chart and teach a Bible study. If you're not teaching a sinner truth, then teach it to your family. This is why kids' services and youth services are important. What happened around what happens around here is important. Well, you're naive to think that the devil doesn't have a target on your kids. The devil walketh about trying to destroy. But I rise to this pulpit tonight and I plead the blood of Jesus against every attack of the enemy. And I'm putting a barrier tonight around our children, around our families. I've just come to let the devil know this means war. Devil, get your nasty feet off of our roots. Get your nasty feet off of our our inheritance. Get your feet off of the inheritance of the Lord. It's our children. It's our babies. It's what God's given us and entrusted to us. It's our roots. If we don't protect the roots, the tree will fall. Catch a second wind. Our roots is still prayer. Our roots is still fasting. Our roots is still giving. Our roots is still working. Our roots is still evangelizing. Our roots is still holiness. Our roots is still separation from the world. Our roots have been trampled on long enough. It should keep you up in prayer as you look around this room and look around this house. And kids that were raised here are far from God tonight. Adults that used to worship here made a choice and walked away. I've scratched my head. I've laid awake at night. I've worried. Only God knows why I don't have an ulcer. Worrying about people. Where are they at? What's going on? I've scratched my head. I've tried to figure out what happened. And I think this is the answer. This is the answer. Too much foot traffic. It's just a little devil here. A little snake here. A little leaven here. You ready? A little pornography here. A little flirting here. A little vaping here. A little dip here. A little drink here. A little smoke here. A little carnal. Just a little rule breaking. A little bending. A little lie here. Nobody will ever know. I've done it in secret. I've confided in my best friend. The devil is a lie. The Bible is clear when it says neither give place to the devil. Neither give place to the devil. 
You think you can warm by the fire of this world and not get burned? You're going to live to have the testimony of the world burning you and taking from you and robbing from you. But I believe there's hope in this room right now that you can awake and shake yourself and say, no devil, I'm putting a fence around. I'm about to be a guardian of the roots. Somebody say, I'm a guardian of the roots. When I looked at the Greek word place, it literally means an inhabited place. Any space marked off. When we have this space marked off for God and then we give place to the devil, we give him access to this place. And I know we can't live in hibernation. We're not monks. We're not hermits. I get all that. But there needs to be a call back to consecration. There needs to be a call back to separation like we've never seen. In a world that's trying to get us to blend, to eventually bend, we better stand strong and do exploits. We better stand strong and put a fence around our roots. We have given the devil place. We have given him access to our roots. And I'm not trying to beat up on anybody, but I am here trying to wake us up. And sometimes a good shaking gets a whole lot done in the spirit realm. A good reminder. There may be some of you that say, Pastor's too old-fashioned. He's too this, he's too that. We focus too much on this. But hear me now. I'm trying to keep the devil off of your roots. I'm trying to keep the devil out of your bedroom and the devil out of your living room and the devil out of... I'm trying to keep some of you from falling this year. I know we only got three months and you made, but they don't take the devil long to walk on your roots and you don't know the moment that he gets his feet on those roots that the tree will fall. I know it, I know it, I know it. I'm constantly harping on social media. I'm constantly sending warnings about social media. I'm, I'm constantly, well, I know you get tired of hearing pastors say it. I'm constantly harping on you about social media. Movies. Music. What we listen to is what we're influenced by. What voice you let in your ears is what you're going What friends you're listening to is where you're going to end up eventually being. And I know we've all been exposed over the last few weeks, but I almost had a fit last week when I saw an advertisement for the new adult cartoon series called Little Demon. The online description of the series that introduces Little Demon, and I quoted this. It's quote, I'm quoting. If you don't believe me, you can fact check me. Little Demon with these words, quote, 13 years after being impregnated by Satan, a reluctant mother, Laura, and her antichrist daughter, Chrissy, attempted to live an ordinary life in Delaware, but are constantly thwarted by monstrous forces, including Satan, who yearns for the custody of his daughter's soul. End quote. This is what's penetrating into our homes. This is what's trying to get into our children. 
and we're entertained by little demons. A congressman from Louisiana wrote this, and I quote, I could write volumes this morning and unpack, pack, I could unpack pages of Bible verses here. But instead, I'm just going to state the obvious. Please be careful. Our job as parents is to guard the hearts and minds of our kids. This culture has become alarmingly dark and desensitized. And this is not a game. End quote. I quote, The trailer is filled with satanic imagery, animated gore, graphic violence such as beheaded chickens, pentagrams, dismembered bodies, and melting human flesh. End quote. I quote, Rather than being represented as dangerous, demonic, and terrifying, Satan is depicted as an average middle-aged cardigan-wearing suburban dad. Kind of sounds familiar. I was in my office this morning and I could not help, and I know we've already done it, but I'm going I'm to say it again. I thank God for our youth staff, our children's department, our nursery team. You ought to thank a teacher every time you can. Parents... They're the unsung heroes of this church. Because they try to undo and rewind everything they've been exposed to in about 45 to 50 minutes every week. They try to put a little piece of God in them every Sunday in Sunday school. And if they make it on Wednesday, they've got about 50 minutes to an hour to learn something about the Bible. And they get one rise up service right now a month, but that's about to change. They're going to be getting more of that. Because I'm convinced and convicted the more of God I can get into them, the more of Jesus and more of Noah and the ark and Joseph and Jonah and the the more I can get into them, something's going to stick. And when the, way, when the raging winds of this world come knocking, and when they're being tempted, there's a root structure. They know what it was for Moses to walk on dry ground. They know what it was for Joshua to march around Jericho and with a shout. Walls come crumbling down. I'm talking about a root structure we've got. Let's sit down just a few minutes because I, I, I got a pastor. Parents, please don't get mad if a teacher tries to help your child deal with some of, of what I just preached. If they can call them out privately and deal with some carnality, you ought to thank God. God forbid that we get an attitude and want to quit church. And for the love of heaven in our, for the love of heaven, please never buy into the lie. Well, my kid would never do that. They've got you fooled. They've got you fooled. Well, my child will never do that. My child will never lie. My no, 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 no. Time out. God forbid we get an attitude and want to quit. Every teacher in here, I truly believe, are fighting for your child's soul. As our fearless youth pastor said in our open house, we need a partnership. We need a partnership, parent and student, working together. We need a partnership, 
Like we've always had in this church. Parents and leaders working together. Why? Because we're in a team. We're a team. Sometimes a leader can get to your child better than you can. They'll open up to them more than they will you. And at the end of the day, all we want is our children to be saved. Let let me just help you right here. I make no apologies. Know where your kids are at all times. We've had, we've had them vaping in the bathrooms, yes, here at church. We've had them making out in the parking lot here at church. We've had them slipping into the nursery while church is going on watching movies. Because you don't know where they are. As a parent, we better be watchful and alert. If you see a kid or a student walking around and you don't see a parent, you have my permission. Where's your parents? Where's your, who you with? Where's your parent? You don't need to be in that back room. You don't need to be in the fellowship hall. You don't need to be back in a corner somewhere. You need to be in the house of God. When pastor's preaching all this, going in and out, kids running up and down the hall, that needs to cease. Why? Because I'm trying to put a fence around your roots and what I've labored for in this pulpit. What I've been on my face before God. The enemy uses that as a distraction. It distracts you. If I can get a pain in... Let me tell you how many times I went to the bathroom when I was a kid. Zero. I went before church or after church and my dad... Dare me to want to get up. Dare, uh uh-uh, you're going to do that before church. You're going to sit there and hold it. And it was magical. It was magical. You know what? I never had one accident. Because I knew what was going to happen when I got home. Well, that's just too hard and that's just too... You'll thank me later. Stay with me. Knowing where your kids are at all times. We've got to do everything we can to keep the devil from walking all over our young people. When you see a young person walk through that door, you don't know the hell they went through Monday through Saturday. They need to hear, man, I'm so glad to see you. Because I can tell you there's a friend out there that's going to text them the moment, if not in church, the moment they get out. Hey, you coming over this evening? You coming over? I got some stuff. Just meet me and just come on over. But what if in the process they see an elder, they see an adult, they see somebody appear that puts their arm around them and says, you know what? I'm not going there today. I'm protecting my roots. What come to me this afternoon is if a politician can say it, then hear your pastor loud and clear tonight. This is not a game. See, see, some of you take my niceness for granted. Y'all never seen the other side of me. There's a few of you in here that have, and I ain't going to call no names. But some of y'all know, I'm going to give you as much mercy and mercy, and I'm going to love you and smile, and we're going to try to work this thing together. But there comes a time where tough love has to kick in. And say, you know what? You're going down the wrong road, son. It stops tonight.
It's over now. And that's where I feel like in the Holy Ghost, God's got destinies waiting on some. God's got futures. All you see is the here and the now. You're not even calculating what's out there. And sometimes we, we, we take the mercy and the grace of God and we, we use it way too often for our fleshly benefit. Well, I'll just go to church on Sunday and ask Him to forgive me and everything. This ain't a game, church. This ain't a game, parents. This is why we have standards. This is why we ask for people to maintain holiness inward and righteousness outward. I know the letter M-A-G-A freaks a lot of people out today. But we need a MAGA revival. Make America godly again. Make apostolic godly again. Hear me. We are in this world, but we are not of this world. I don't care who walks away from truth. And they may even post it on Facebook. This is still truth. I read today, sin's fun for a season. Then there's a payday coming someday. There's too much foot traffic and too many people falling for what appears to be no reason. But we just didn't get here today. We've been quiet for too long. We've been allowing the enemy to come in. We've been allowing the enemy to, to walk all over our roots and try. We, we've just tried to be kind and trying to be polite and that we should. But there's a time when you have to stand up to the enemy and his forces. And you've got to walk flat-footed in your house. And you make a declaration, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're not doing that here. We're not watching that here. We're not listening to that here. You were not giving your children to be their best friend. You were giving your children to be their parent. And the Bible says, train them up. Anybody here play football? Do I got any football players in here? I got some. Well, y'all going to be riding a bench come Friday night if this is how you answer your coach. How many football players I got in here? Do y'all train during the week? Y'all run laps in the week? What if you didn't want to do that? What would happen? You probably wouldn't be on the team. I'll answer that for you. Parents, I don't want God to fire some of us or put some of us on the spiritual bench because we're not taking our training and the obligation seriously. God's put you as the coach in that team. You're the only, you're the only coach of that. You're the coach of your family. You, you're who they see seven days a week. And it's time for you to start calling some plays that they're not comfortable with. There's just some things. Give me your phone. Come on, give it to me. Oh, no, no, no. You can, that's my phone. Who's paying the bill? Give me your password. One, two, three, 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 three. No, 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 no. I want the real password. 
Give me your tablet. See, some of these kids got y'all fooled. Y'all don't know what's on the download going on. Will you? They signing in under somebody else's account, communicating who they want. No, I'm not going to go there tonight. But let me just... See, I'm talking about foot traffic. I'm talking about foot traffic tonight. Because my telephone will be ringing real soon. Pastor! And I'm going to take it. And we're going to work through it. But in the, but in the back of both of our minds, we're going to remember this message. And we're going to say, my God, I wish I would have done this. Help me right over there. Come on, Brother Kuhorn. There's a hundred foot of it. That's good. You know what this is? It's called a barrier fence. I read it on the label. It's called a barrier fence. He lets everybody know. I'm building something on this side of the fence and you can't cross the barrier. If you cross the barrier, you're trespassing. If you cross the barrier, you take matters into your own hands. This is what needs to happen every every family in this room. You need to get a barrier fence up in your house. You need to get a barrier fence that says, you can't have my roots. You can't have my roots in my family. It's my roots. It's my roots I'm protecting. It's my heritage what my mom and daddy have gave their life for. It's what I've sacrificed the best years of my life for. And the enemy wants to tear and walk on every route. But this is what they did in the National Forest. They said, we can't afford this to happen anymore. We can't afford for people to keep walking on the roots. So they just put a barrier. And it's more permanent than this. This is the best I could do. And what it did, it was a sign to those on the out, this is as far as you can go. This is as far as you can go. There's a fence. This pulpit will not be bridled. This pulpit cannot be bridled where I can't preach what does set the Holy Ghost. This pulpit cannot have no fences. It must be protected at all cost. All cost. I'm trying to go to the end of this message. Jude, if you can stand with me, that'd be great. Not, not y'all. If y'all could stay with me. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith 
which was once delivered unto the saints. This common salvation. It means to which nothing can be added, from which nothing can be detracted, and in which nothing can be altered. Jude said, I'm exhorting you to contend earnestly for it. That one Greek word is translated agonize. To agonize. To contend earnestly. Struggle for. Jude saying, I'm urging you to contend earnestly. Struggle for. Agonize for the gospel that has once for all been delivered to the saints. Jude understood two things would happen. He knew that men would twist and subvert the gospel. Jude was warning his readers that people would twist the truth of salvation to fit their own desire and agendas. Secondly, he knew that this would lead to the apostasy of the church. There's a great falling away. But I like to look at it this way. There was a great walking away. Apostasy by definition means abandoning the truth for a different belief. By the end of the second century, the apostles' doctrines had already begun to be twisted and perverted by some so-called church leaders. By the end of the third century, full-blown apostasy became the dominant in the church. Preachers were no longer baptizing exclusively in the name of Jesus Christ, but rather in the titles, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And the infilling of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance was largely abandoned. We're talking about three centuries after Christ. Apostasy is churches and Christians embracing and celebrating the transsexual movement. Apostasy is churches and Christians embracing gay pride. Same-sex marriage. Gay and lesbian pastors. Jude warned, contend earnestly for the faith. I'm asking everyone of the sound of my voice if you would stand. I close this message and there are men standing in front of me and I will ask them to stretch as far as you can over this way and stretch because the call is about to go forth. Thank you. Thank you. I don't even have to tell you. You're doing. I close this message with a strong commendation given by the Apostle Paul as he is leaving Ephesus for the last time in Acts chapter 20, verse 29. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise speaking perverse things after them. Therefore, he gives, the, he gives the commendation. Watch and remember that by the space of three years I cease not to warn everyone night and day with tears. 
Verse 36, And when he had thus spoken, he kneeled down and prayed with them all, and they all wept sore and fell on Paul's neck and kissed him, sorrowing most of all for the words which he spake, that they should see his face no more. You can feel the heartbeat of Paul in his last sermon and instruction to the brethren at Ephesus. It was a strong warning of what was coming. And I have come to do the same in my closing remarks. It's not a matter of if, it's when. It's not a matter of if, it's when. We need some guardians of the roots. Guardians of this apostolic faith that will step out of your seat and say, whatever the cost is, it's not too high. Pastor, just tell me what I need to do, and I'll do it. For you see, death brings an end to all chances. So I'd refuse to take a chance at some new religion. I refuse, to, I refuse to take a chance at some new doctrine. I refuse to take a chance of letting go here and letting go here. Uh, that don't matter anymore. And that was... That, uh-uh, uh-uh. No, 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 no. I refuse to take a chance on what I know is true, what I know is real, and what produces the fire of God on altars today. The devil is after our roots, church. But my call to this great church and my call to these great young people is I need somebody who will help me to put up some fences around this old time religion. We used to sing a song, give me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion. It's good enough for me. It was good for mom and dad. It was good for mom and dad. It was good for mom and dad. It's good enough for me. You see, when you begin to remember where you come from, you remember all that God's done in your life. You remember the battles that have been waged and won. You can't help but put a fence up, Brother Sparks. When you go home tonight, I'm expecting as your pastor that the devil better have less places to put his feet. He better have less places to walk on. Because what you're doing is putting a fence around you. Would there be just some men? I'm going to speak to the men right now. You're a father. You're a man in this house. If you're a young man in this youth group. I'm calling on these strong men tonight. Would you just come stand and hold this fence with these other men? 
Oh, oh, God. Oh, God. That's it, man. Oh, this is beautiful. This is beautiful. You don't put a fence up. We don't put a fence up. But I'll just play with it a little bit, Pastor. I'll just, I'll just dibble and dabble with it. I'll be, I'm okay. I won't get hurt. Oh God! If you'll put a fence up tonight. going to save yourself some tragedy down the road. They built stones, they built altars of memorials when they come through Jordan. When Noah came out of the ark, they built an altar of remembrance. They sacrificed unto the Lord. We can find it over and over again that every time God brought great deliverance there was some type of sacrifice or offering given unto the Lord. Tonight our offering to Him is going to be a fence. Tonight our offering to the Lord is going to be a declaration. God, I'm putting a fence in my life. I'm putting a fence in my home. I'm putting a fence around my children. Would you just begin to lift up your voices right now all over this sanctuary?